The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Canapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor. Um, I hope everybody's good. Lashana Tova to our Jewish listeners. Happy uh, Jewish New Year. Um, a couple of things before we get into today's episode. We are talking, I am talking about Rahasas of Atlanta and Married to Medicine. Um, but you know, this week and last week, it's been a it's been a week for cheaters. So um head over to our Patreon if you'd like to hear. Um, just a roundup of all the cheating <laughs> in pop culture over the last few, uh, over the last like 10 days. 
uh, me and my brother Raheel get into that over on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the reality is pod. And you can uh, you can listen to to the episode there. And we are talking this week about um, a couple of different things. We're talking about serial, um, about Adnan Sayed getting out of um, being released. Um, we're talking about uh, like I said, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eaters, and we are talking about the um, situation in Iran. So it's just a little different than what I usually talk about in the main feed, but it's um, it's always very fun, and it I think it's funny. <laughs> and so do our Patreon supporters. If you support us, sir, thank you. Um, okay, that was it. Let's get into this Sunday's uh, lineup. Now, I'm going to say that this Sunday's lineup made me happy, as always. It made me happier knowing that next Sunday's lineup is going to have my girls from um, Potomac, okay? I'm very excited about that. So, uh, But also, it made me happy because this Real Hustles of Atlanta reunion part three, I have to say, I think was the best one out of the three-parter. And... Do I think that re- we don't need more than two parts in a reunion? Honestly, I would be fine with one part of a reunion. Give me a 90-minute episode and leave me alone. But um, I know that they need the I – I know they need the episodes, okay? They make money the more episodes they put out. But um, reunion part three, we open back up on Sheree calling Anthony and Anthony – essentially driving the bus on top of Drew's body. Okay. It's just this whole segment is it's Drew versus Sheree. And it's basically about what the people in the street are saying. And, you know, there's uh, that stuff about Drew's husband, stuff about Sheree being cheap. Someone apparently had DM'd Marlo and also Sonia about not paying, about Drew not paying uh, Chef their invoice or something like that. I mean, Essentially, it's a war on who is a bigger cheap ass. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I know that Drew and Ralph are grifty, like weirdos, okay? In the words of Drew, weirdo behavior on both of them. But I think, actually, I believe that Drew and Ralph would both spend extra money to look wealthier than Sheree, who somehow gets away with not paying people. I mean, she admitted as much. It's so funny to like... Listen to them fight about this because, you know, the argument here is Drew is saying Drew is mad that Fatum, <laughs> my favorite person of the season, Drew is mad that Fatum in said something about Ralph that she heard from Anthony. Anthony told Sheree. Sheree uh, is a person who Anthony has also been talking about. Because Drew is the one that brought that up. I mean, it's a circular, it's like a bizarre circular logic. But the big argument here is that Anthony said that Sheree doesn't pay. Sheree don't pay. And Sheree admitted as much this this reunion. She literally said, there are times when I just don't pay people <laughs> because I just don't think they deserve it. <laughs> it's the audacity of her her like delusional thinking of being like yeah that makes complete sense is just honestly it makes her a great housewife that's what it does but um but i do i think that Sheree is a bigger cheap ass than drew yes i do i th- i think that drew and ralph are probably financially irresponsible but Sheree is a bigger cheap ass um the ladies also ask are asked by andy why no one was offended about fatum doing a background check 
because that would be something that they would all be mad about. And everyone's like, no, 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 that was definitely messed up and it was low down and dirty, dirty. But I think everybody's just laughing because it's like nobody believes Fatoum. Fatoum's lipstick is on her eyebrows. Like she's not necessarily this like big bad enemy that Drew has. Drew needs to do what everybody does to Drew, which is just laugh at Fatoum. She should do to Fatoum what everybody does to Drew. Just laugh at her. Um, But Drew, you know, here's the thing about Drew. Drew is always going to find her own rope and hang herself with it because then she starts to say how the aliases thing is that Ralph is a junior and so all of the aliases that came up were his dad's and his dad's wife whose name is Darlene but maybe Darlene turned into Danielle listen first of all do I think that that's true or that's possible yes do I also think that Ralph is a grifter and he pretended to be a woman named Danielle or something like that yes didn't Drew say Danielle is their assistant like there's just (laughs) Drew needs to to keep quiet but that's why we keep Drew around because Drew always is saying more than she needs to Um, but essentially everyone is saying what we all think, which is that, you know, you are bringing Anthony on camera to spread rumors about Sheree, but then you're also not believing Sheree when she says your source is shit talking because he also shit talks about you. And Drew says like, oh yeah, like I think Candy says it or something. And Drew's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Or maybe Sonia. They're basically like, you're angry at Fatum, but you should be angry at Anthony. And like this isn't the first time Drew has had this had someone explain this to her. And this isn't the first time Drew has been like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't know. Um, they ask her about the dog bone prop, and Drew says, guys, I'm an actress. Okay, this is drama. This is theater. I'm a thespian. Um, and it's just silly and cute. <laughs> I hated Drew last season. She's enjoyable this season. Um, They asked Sheree and Drew why they visited Drew. I'm sorry. They asked Sheree and Sonia why they visited Drew after she got hurt. And (laughs) just such a ridiculous question because they're like, well, we're not monsters. Like, I don't understand. But at the end of the segment, Andy asks, you know, very lazily, really doesn't give a shit. So where do you and, you know, where do you two stand now uh, between Sheree and Drew? And (laughs) they're both like nowhere here. We all stand well-rested. We have no bags. And it's just (laughs) the awkward sciences are just so funny. They cut to commercial and Drew and Sheree are talking again about Anthony. And this is – I love when the cameras go down because Andy does like a full man spread. He slouches his whole back onto like the the seat of the chair. Like he is fully – he's just like head up, phone out. And he's just like, guys, this guy's bad news. And it's like, yeah, no, no shit. No, stop it. Stop fighting over Anthony. And again, it doesn't make sense why Sheree is so mad when Sheree herself admits on camera that she doesn't pay people. That's it. The husbands show up and Andy does some jokes with them. I don't care. Um, Andy asks Ross and Ralph how they're able to stay friends despite their wives fighting and they're both like we just don't give a fuck um they asked Rosk about parenting and dads and roles and all this stuff and i just don't care i really don't um they asked ross about his outburst in jamaica and kenya calling him aggressive and kenya basically says that she didn't mean it like that and she didn't think that he was gonna flip out or anything but uh, you know i love me twirl i love me twirl okay 
but the revisionist history here is just so funny. She's like, I didn't think that you were going to like, you know, hurt anybody. But, and I thought it was actually admirable that you were defending your wife. So I was like, that's fully not what you said, but I mean, I, I'll stand Kenya through and through. Um, Candy has her like Candy's Empire segment. It's like Egots and Todd. <laughs> Egots and Todd. <laughs> and her money and her sex toys and all that. Um, they basically like ask Marlo and Sheree why they said the shit they did about Todd. And Marlo apologizes, but Sheree doesn't take any ownership. It's very interesting to see how differently Marlo navigates the entire reunion once the men are there. I think it's something to note there. I think that there's something to unpack there about Marlo. Um and how she responds to men versus how she might respond to the women up there. But anyway, Sheree doesn't own anything. She doesn't take any ownership of the shit that she said about Candy. Um, she says, oh, I was just riled up and I piggybacked Marlo. Like, she doesn't admit that she's the one that said terrible things. She just is like, oh, I, I said something, but it was because of Marlo. But she's just like such like peak Sheree. Um, they asked Todd why he is still trying to make his daughter struggle and – he really doubled down on those teaching lessons because I'm from the Bronx shit. Um, if you want to know what, what my thoughts were about that, go back to the episode I did a couple weeks ago where I go into deep detail about how toxic and problematic it is for us to constantly try to make our kids struggle. It doesn't make any, it doesn't teach them any lessons. It makes them resentful of their parents. Okay. Um, Candy tells everybody about the piano lesson, uh, her new Broadway show, which sounds amazing. It has all these like A-list celebrities. And honestly, I feel like maybe she could get a Tony there. Um, this whole segment of like Candy, her empire, and Todd, you guys know I'm not a Todd fan. Okay. I think Todd is very boring. But I can't tell if like the men on this show, like the other, like I can't tell if Ralph is so terrible and Ross is so boring that it makes Todd look good or if Todd is maybe actually a likable person. I don't know. But like, he's just, he is very likable. He says a lot of like really funny things this reunion. Um, they go to a Drew and Ralph segment and um, they ask about the assistant and whether or not Ralph fired them. And this Drew and Ralph segment was interesting because it was like very obvious that Ralph had just had his session with Dr. Ken and he had just figured out all the right answers to give to things. And it just his answers were so polished and Drew was responding in such a way that it just came off faker than ever. Like the two of them together just came off faker than ever. 10 out of 10, keep them on my screen. I love this kind of phoniness, okay? Um, they ask everyone why they give Drop It with Drew such a hard time, and Candy's like, uh, because there's holes in your story, my guy. Like, there's holes in your story about this, like, workout thing. And Drew really tries to sell, like, this wellness and women's empowerment thing with her weight loss thing. Like, I'm sorry, if your entire, if your entire business model is sold on you should lose weight, you it's not actually tied to wellness or women's empowerment it's actually and 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 by the way your entire thing was sold on losing weight you lied about how much weight you lost you lied about how you got the body you got you used before and after pictures that were not actually accurate 
And now you're going to tell me that it's about wellness and women's empowerment. No, you're peddling an eating disorder. You're peddling an eating disorder. Okay. Um, Speaking of eating disorder, apparently Ralph and Drew were in LA and they were hanging out with um, the queen of eating disorders, Teddy Mellencamp and her husband. I don't know what his name is. Mr. Mellencamp, not to be confused with John Mellencamp. Teddy's husband who looks like um, somebody, (laughs) Teddy's husband who looks like a random person um, trying to wear a Tom Sandoval costume. That's what that man looks like. Anyway, they were hanging out and I just thought it was like the grifties and the eating disorders just hanging out, just trying to convince each other that they're not doing absolute harm to the world. Um, But in this segment, just as Drew is, like I said, making a good point, okay, she starts to make a good point. She said, listen, guys, I wanted you to tell me what, you know. I wanted you to ask questions. I invited you to my house so you could ask questions about my meal plans and all that stuff, which is funny because that that episode, when she invited everybody over, she barely talked about the workout thing. She only talked about all the shit that Ralph was doing. But anyway, she's like, I wanted you guys to ask questions and I wanted you guys to get to understand the business and all this stuff. But instead, you just shaded me in confessionals, which is fine. But um. As she's making that point, again, she says too much. She says she's lost anywhere between 20 to 50 pounds. And then she clarifies she meant 15, but I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Sheree apologizes for calling Drew a busted can of biscuits, which I appreciate. I really do, Um, because that's fucked up. Drew, everybody on this cast is gorgeous, so that's fucking insane that Sheree would call uh, Drew that. Um... They also, she also apologized because we get into Ralph and this, you know, rumor that Sheree is basically trying to peddle with Ralph is gay shit. And uh, she apologizes to Ralph because she says at one point she makes it a dildo joke. And Ralph, you know, broken clock can be right twice a day. Uh, Ralph says you are using the term gay as like a slur and it's weird and I don't understand what the point is here. But again, we go back to the same issue, which is... The culprit here is Anthony, okay? I, at this point, like, looked away to check something on my phone. I was, like, trying to catch up and write notes because one thing about reunions is, like, they just talk. There's so much talking that you have to, like, pause a million times to write notes, and I just didn't feel like doing that anymore. But I looked away or something, and all I heard after a certain point was, drop it with who? Drop it with who? (laughs) And I, that's like my favorite charade thing where she'll repeat the same thing over and over again with the same exact infliction, inflection. And I love it. It cracks me up. Um, anyway, they're just, they're bickering. It's whatever. Uh, we go to Ralph and his book deal and they're like, why were you, how are you shopping around for a book deal without telling your wife? Again, Ralph is ready with some sort of polished answers. And then, then again, Ralph. Ralph does what Drew does, which is you got it right and then you said too much. Okay, he gets stumped. He gets stumped by his own words. He's like, the only reason you should adopt a child is uh, one, two, three. I don't know what number three is. Um, it's a mess and it's hilarious. Again, keep them on keep them on my TV. Uh, Ralph says that he's not writing a book about her son. Because uh, Andy's like, wouldn't it make sense to talk to Drew about this book or the fact that you're shopping around for a book deal if you are writing a book about her son? And he says, 
I'm not writing a book about her son. I'm writing a book about being a step-parent. Step-parent to who, Ralph? Who are you a step-parent to? How did you become a step-parent? Is it because you married Drew and then you became a step-parent to her son? So are you writing a book about her son or not? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Then there's some jokes about there's a book tour, whatever. Basically, Ralph had some polish answers, but guys, Ralph still, we still don't know what the book is about. Drew is still not involved. I love it. Okay. Keep them on my TV. Um, and we have a Marlo versus Candy segment. And again, Marlo is just apologizing. She comes in, apologizes of everything. And like I said, Sherry doesn't take any ownership of it. But in this segment, again, like I said, surprisingly, best part was Todd Tucker. Todd Tucker. They ask about like, you know, that's why Candy dates uh, under her tax bracket or whatever. And he's like, none of you guys are in Candy's tax bracket, which is true. And then he talks about Marlo and how thirsty she was to become a friend of how she literally paid to come on TV. She literally paid to become a friend of. Okay, she paid for her trip to Africa. She weaseled her way in there. And it's great. It's so good. It's so funny. Um, But then Marlo says something about like, you know, there's things that Marlo can do that Candy can't. Like Candy, Candy can get in the doors of the music industry, but Marlo, when she goes to Europe, there are certain doors that she goes through that Candy cannot. And everyone's like, it's a stretch. Um, but she does still like apologize, which is like very, the thing is like Marlo says these things, right? Like she says, she makes it a, a backhanded comment. Then she will apologize for it. And while she's apologizing, she's also insulting. And Candy is, you know, she says she's not like Michelle Obama, but she does go high. I think Candy is good at like, I'm not going to fight with a person who is like, who maybe doesn't have the capacity to understand, um, not the capacity to understand. A person who doesn't have the, uh, yeah, I guess, capa- like, they don't have the intellect, perhaps. And I don't want to call Marlo stupid, but, you know, she she knows that she's she's not going to bark up a tree where she knows it's, like, an easy fight for her. She's like, whatever. Like, it's not worth it. Kenya will. Kenya, that's when Kenya goes low with Marlo, you know? Um, but Marlo apologizes. This is the end of this, the reunion. They end on sisterhood and apologies and growth and all that. And then Andy gets Sheree's Etsy sweatshirts. And it's a wrap. But I loved this episode. I thought it was very funny. It was very entertaining. And I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, okay, so let's take a quick break. And then we will be back with Married to Medicine. Okay, let's talk about Married to Medicine. I, by the way, love the feedback that I get on Married to Medicine. I I feel like a lot of podcasts don't talk about Married to Medicine. I don't understand why. It is one of the best shows on Bravo. Um, But I love the feedback that everybody gives me on Married to Medicine. I love chatting with people about it. Please do send me a DM or tweet me when uh, you like or don't like something that I say because I just – I love Married to Medicine so much. Uh, We open back up and in the words of Quad, we are taking out our number two pencils and putting on our thinking caps this episode, okay? It is the aftermath of Anila's break-in. So Anila and Garen are at home with their kids, and they tell us about the break-in and how Anila left with the kids two week, for two weeks because of how unsafe she felt. And Anila and Garen are talking, and they're just trying to figure out, like, 
who could do this to them? And like I talked about last week, I very clearly said, like, do I know that there are people who will put a, not a hit out, a sting, a sting? Is that a thing? People will target, people will target South Asian homes more so than any other homes because they know that we have gold. This is very common. It happens very, very frequently. Um, Like my neighborhood, like if not my neighbor, in my town, like cops have talked to us about it. Like this is a very common thing. It happens in a lot of South, in a lot of communities in America where there's South Asians. Okay. That all is true. But this whole thing where Neil and Karen are trying to figure out like who could do this to them. And then they're like, we're not going to accuse anyone. But then they basically accuse Toya without naming her. I have so many notes. Like I said last week. That's racist as fuck. Okay. It's it's feels it feels icky. It feels racist. It's really gross. Um, also the fact that these dumb fucks didn't have a security system before they were robbed. You bought this big old four million dollar house and you don't have a security system. This is just as stupid as you guys keeping your gold in your house instead of putting it in a locker somewhere. Like I don't know if it, it's Amila's like a bad actress that like scene where she's like in the in the closet and she's like, oh. Oh, I can't. This is too sad. Like, I don't know. As my kids say, it seems sus. Okay. All of the, like, in the words of Bethany Frankel, you can't be stupid and smart at the same time. Okay. Anila and Garen talking about, like, oh, we got some new cameras put on around our house. You just did. They talk about security later. And I just, I've got a lot of questions, but these guys are idiots. Like, yes, you were targeted, but you were targeted, you were easy targets because you obviously are morons. That's why. Um, Jackie is now onboarding a new doctor to her practice. I'll be honest. I don't care. The only parts I care about when Jackie talks about is when she talks about like the statistics of uh, what it's like for black women in healthcare, that kind of stuff. That's the stuff I care about. But do I care about Jackie getting a new doctor? Not really. Not really. Like Luann says, uh, Toya and Eugene are driving their kid and somewhere. And this is how I know that Toya and Eugene are good people. Okay. Their kids are awesome. They have the best kids. Everybody on the show has great kids. Um, but Eugene officially switches from emergency medicine to oncology, urgent care specialist. And in the words of Ashton, those are big words for an adult like you. <laughs> so cute. Oh, I love them. Uh, um, just a note about uh, oncology urgent care specialist. Ooh, what a like critical and necessary little like role. I think it's so wonderful. I think it's fantastic. Um, I love that that's there. I mean, look, Google, if you are not feeling good and you Google something, Google's going to tell you you have cancer, okay? It's terrifying. Okay. And it's not good. So in those situations, when you go to urgent care and you're like, I think I might have cancer. Great that there's an oncology urgent care specialist that says no. And then also it's great if there is an oncology urgent care specialist there because they would be there to walk you through all of the fucking terrible things that you go through your mind when you are or someone you love is diagnosed with cancer, which unfortunately I've experienced. So I love this new role for Eugene. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for Toya because this schedule gives her the opportunity to spend more time with her husband instead of just spending her husband's money. Um, They're together because Ashton, oh, you guys, this is so cute. It kills me. Like, oh, it makes me like, you know, the feeling you get 
like I don't know if everybody's like this, but I get it. Or like when you have a, when I when my kids are babies, when my kids are babies, I wanted to eat them. And even now, sometimes they do these really cute things that make go, oh, I want to eat you. Ashton turning 12 and wanting to host a fancy dinner party for his birthday for his friends. Oh, my God. It is the cutest thing in the world. It is so cute. It is so cute. I think I wrote, this is so cute, a hundred times. He's picking out steaks. He's planning a menu. Oh, my God. They're so cute. I love them. I like, I know Toya is problematic, guys. I know she says dumb shit, but I love this family so much. Uh, speaking of families I love, Cecil and Simone are working on a book, on their book. They have a call with Amorosa, and I just want to point out that Simone uses Zoom or FaceTime, <laughs> like my parents getting a call from, like, Pakistan. And, like, back in the day, we used to use Skype. And it was really bad connections. And they used to literally scream into the computers as if the it was like a string and a can. And that was going to transport the noise across the other part of the world. But like that hasn't changed. They haven't stopped. Even now they will use like WhatsApp to make phone calls and they're still screaming into, each, into their phones. You don't have to do that anymore. But Simone uses Zoom and FaceTime like that. It's so funny. Um, it's just loud. Uh, Amorosa tells them that the book is great, but apparently they have not talked in this book about why they almost got a divorce. <laughs> what? Why? Look, here's I've, like my brain. Okay. Is Simone really that stupid or is this for TV? I don't know. I don't know. But apparently they have to have many more discussions. Um, like I said, Jackie is now that she has more help at work. She's ready to come home and spend more time with Curtis. But let's be honest, she's not actually interested in spending time with Curtis. She just wants to spend more time on all of her hustles to make more coin. Okay, it's not Curtis. It's all the other shit she wants to do. And good for her, Jackie. Good for you, Jackie. Good for her slash good for you, Jackie. Um, Back at Toya's house, there's, oh, God, this is killing me in the best way. Toya setting up Ashton's fancy 12 year old birthday party. It is so cute watching Ashton cook with Eugene and Toya's trying to talk about girls. Oh my God, it is so cute. I want Eugene and Ashton to cook for me, guys. This looks so cute. This is so cute. The kids get there. It's just the cutest party ever. I just, I love it so much. It brought me so much joy. It just made me really happy. I think I get extra excited to see the kids on Married to Medicine because like Simone's got two boys, Toya's got two boys, I've got two boys. I just really love it. I think that throughout seasons of Housewives, we've typically only really seen girls uh, as like children of Housewives. You know what I mean? So I think that we, I just, I think that I just get really excited when I see like little brown boys, little black boys doing cute things with their parents on reality TV because that's, that's my boys. I have two boys. Um, sadly, Heavenly's mother has passed away. Quad and Jackie go over there. And um, I love Heavenly because they come to visit her. They bring beautiful flowers, all this stuff. And as she's like walking them into like the living room to sit down, she says something like, would you guys like a drink or something? Please say no. It's <laughs> so real. It's so real. It's so something I would say. <laughs> But they talk about Heavenly's mom, and they also talk about, I guess, this new story, this thread of information that we're going to be 
tracking with Heavenly, which is that she needs to reconnect with her sister because that is a strange relationship. Um, Jackie and Curtis have this COVID vaccine thank you party at their house. I was very confused about it, um, but apparently they're having a party. They're having a party at this big-ass house, but they won't let anybody inside of this big-ass house, which is peak Jackie. It's just like such a Jackie move. Is Jackie a Virgo? She is either a Virgo or a Capricorn. Somebody look that up for me. I'll look it up later. But anyway, um, Heavenly and Simone get there first, and then they all get into like a little bit of a spat about fixing plates. And I got to say, I hate the fix your husband's plate bullshit. Okay. I've never, ever done that for my husband. The only time I have made a plate for my husband is if I have made a dish and I want it to be served a certain way. So I've done dinner parties at my house, much like Ashton. Okay. (laughs) I feel like Ashton's is much fancier, but I've done plated dinners at my house and I've plated dinners that way. I've done plated meals like like a plate of dinner for my husband and I when I like want to make a nice meal for us to have like just me and him sitting and talking like if I really put in effort but I'm not fixing my husband a plate at a party or even when we're having casual dinner at home like that's insane also like I know what my husband likes but I'm pretty sure he doesn't know what I would like and I feel like he would fuck up my plate I don't like any of that but I do love Toya and Eugene because Toya is like, I'm not going to make him a plate, but Eugene, can you make me one? And I would trust Eugene to make me a plate because Eugene looks like he knows how to eat. And he looks like he would put the best things in a plate. So good for you, Toya, for having that. But in this spat between Heavenly and Simone, there's something about like, I fixed my husband's plate because he has, because he dicks me down. And it's like, she says something, Heavenly's talking about like, this is the thing about Heavenly. Later on, she's upset that everybody's not being compassionate to her because her mother just passed away. But at the same time, like you are literally being uh, combative with Simone about fixing a plate and sucking dick. It's so strange. Um, The girls give Anila a buzz. At some point, Jackie feels bad for some of the women and then she asks them to go inside the house. But the girls give Anila a buzz about – uh, her robbery. She's all shook up. And Anil tells them that she feels like it was targeted. And the women do not understand what that means. And the thing is, again, like, like I said, I understand people who say their homes were targeted, why it was like an inside job, all that stuff. What they mean by that, I believe, is that South Asian homes are often targeted because of the stuff that we have inside of our homes. And oftentimes, because our homes have a lot of like, big parties and people coming and going, it's easy for people to get inside and scope out and know exactly where to go and what to get, right? I get it. I also get why these women don't understand because Anila is not providing that clarification. And on top of Anila not providing that clarification, Quad is uh, messing things up. Quad says that Carrie said that there was a hit out on Anila in the neighborhood. And Toya tells the girls that's not true because she had a Christmas party the same night of the robbery at her house. And the party went from 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. and no one saw anything. Now, how could anybody have seen something? What would they have seen? They would have seen somebody go inside of her house, get stuff, and leave. Because that's basically what happened. What happened is somebody went into Anila's house, knew specifically where to go, 
and what to get, and then they left. So even if Toya had a Christmas party and there were people at her house for 12 hours late into the night, nobody would have been able to see anything. But also if Toya had a Christmas party and there were probably caterers and people and servers and all this stuff coming in and out of the gated community, it could have been very easy for somebody else to get in and get into Anila's house. It is very co- – have you guys not seen Home Alone? It's very common for people to have their homes broken into during Christmas. I don't – so it's like Anila is an asshole and Garen is an asshole and racist for – trying to say to each other that they think that this happened because Toya is mad at them. But Toya also isn't necessarily helping the story by being like, I had a Christmas party and nobody saw anything. Well, you didn't see it. Like none of it, none of what anybody is saying makes any sense. Okay. None of it has any logical like, like journey here and and quad isn't helping and then carrie is not helping and it's so funny to hear them talk about what a hit out means because i'm with contessa it's not a hit it's not a hit (laughs) but quad and toya get into it suddenly and about rumors because it goes from quad saying anila anila's house had a hit on it as per carrie who said that to quad right toya is like no that's not true well, you don't know if that's true. That's ridiculous that you don't know if that's true. But Quad and Toya get into it about rumors and about lies. And Toya is mad at Quad. I don't know why. She's mad at Quad for something that happened at Quad's house, but Quad's not the one that caused it to happen. I guess she's mad at her because Quad's the one that told Zena to come. But it, it none of this makes any sense heavenly gets pushed into it and now we're back to toya sleeping with people rumors okay and i'm with simone who is shrugging and confused but heavenly gets annoyed as hell she tells everybody (laughs) to kiss her ass and climb a tree love that put that on a tea towel okay she exits or at least she tries to she can't because jackie's got very confusing doors beautiful doors but very confusing as she's leaving she tells everyone her husband's dick is big (laughs) what's not to love about this show come on guys but quad and contessa come out and check on heavily and they tell her you listen you're well within your right to not want to be around them right now we get it that you're like emotional and you're upset you lost your mother and this is not what you want to be doing at the same time toya's inside talking to simone and she says she can't have compassion for someone who's trying to fuck up her marriage And look, I agree. Heavenly was the one that told Toya what everybody was saying. Heavenly was the one that brought it up on camera. But if we're going to talk about Anila's robbery, it's a very bizarre thread to follow to figure out how this goes back to Toya's fight with Anila or a fight with somebody who said something to Anila who said something to Heavenly. It's just, it's also messy and complex. Like it doesn't, there's just, it's very muddled. Um, but Simone pulls Toya aside and says, put your issues inside. You got to like show some compassion. And it's interesting because Toya's like, you guys want me to show compassion. Everybody thinks like, oh, I can deal with it because I'm strong and I'm funny and I'm tough. But like nobody is showing me any compassion. And so she's mad that people are giggling and laughing about this rumor that somebody is spreading about her. But at the same time, Toya, you're giggling and laughing about Anila's house being broken into. And it doesn't help 
Anila's racist ass thinking, right? That like Toya had something to do with it. If she's going to be sitting around laughing about her trauma, it no, everyone is not helping themselves. Everyone is acting poorly and they're not helping themselves, but they're entertaining me. And isn't that the most important thing here? It's not. It's very non-important. Okay. Uh, That's it for this episode. I will be back on Saturday to talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiere. I feel like those ladies were just on my TV. I feel like they never left, to be honest. I feel like they never left. It feels like Below Deck. It's constantly on TV. Salt Lake City was on our TV for like a year. And then it went off for like three seconds. Enough for those girls to go to Thailand for Ultimate Girls Trip 3. And now they're back again. But I will be back to talk about that and Beverly Hills on Saturday. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being (laughs) – my mouth is uh, muddled now, just like Anila and Toya's fight. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.